Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. First and foremost, Merry Christmas to all our listeners and viewers of this program. We wish you a wonderful weekend with friends and family and some memories that are going to push you through the next year. We're going to talk, speaking of next year, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in 24, but we can't do 24 until we really look at what happened in 23. Is it a transition year going on for the corn market? We're going to find out that. We're going to look at what's going on in the soybeans and, of course, South America as well. Stick around. Lots coming up on this week's report. Meet the champions of innovation in the heart of Nebraska. They're not just farmers, and they nurture more than just crops. Pushing boundaries and turning challenges into opportunities. They trade knowledge and know-how, and their dedication doesn't end at harvest. It's in your every bite and every drive. The future of food, fuel, and fiber, and the future of Nebraska starts right here. And welcome back once again. As you can see, joining us is Brian Split. Brian, of course, is with agmarket.net. And first of all, Merry Christmas, Brian. I know it's a busy time of year for you. You've got uh, younger kids, so I'm sure there's a lot of excitement getting ready for the, the Christmas holiday. Yeah, my youngest is nine, so this is probably one of the last years that we can have a little one that uh, that still believes. Um, but uh, we're going to hold on to that as long as we can. So, yes, Merry Christmas to all the listeners, and thank you guys for uh, listening to me run my mouth about the markets all year. <laughs> well, you do a great job, and when we got ready to start this program, I was asking kind of what was on your mind, and you brought up a really interesting point about the corn market and how 2023 was a transitional year. So let's dive into that. Right. So if we think about the last three years, uh, we've been dealing with carryout numbers that have been roughly 1.25 billion bushels up to roughly 1.375 billion bushels. Uh, so we've had three years of tight stocks and now projections as we see uh, the carry in for our current uh, crop or, or the crop that we just harvested uh, is little over 2 billion bushels, 2.1 and some change. So 2023, much like 2013, uh, has been a transition year from a bull market scenario to a bear market scenario. Uh, and, and frankly, we're looking at carryout potentially growing by nearly 60%. So, uh, and that's just in one year. So with that being said, um, when you move from a bull market to a bear market, there are new challenges um, and the obvious challenge in a bear market would be the tendency for prices to go lower as time goes by. Uh, so the trend is from the upper left to the lower right on the chart. Um, but there are other challenges just besides the downward trend in values. Uh, one of those challenges I think many people saw when we saw the December contract expire um, and that would be in the, in the shape of basis contracts. Um, and basis contracts can be a great tool. Uh, so if you think about your cash market price, uh, there's two variables. There's the futures price, and then there's your local basis, right? And you can lock both of those in at the same time and just do a forward contract. You can lock in the futures value first, which is a hedge to arrive. Uh, and in that instance, you're looking for basis improvement prior to the expiration of the contract. Uh, or you can do a basis contract where you say, I'm going to set the basis right now and you're going to look for futures values to improve to set the other part of that contract and, and, and fulfill your cash price. So 
this year we had a lot of basis contracts that were done. And unfortunately in a bear market, prices moved lower and moved lower into what would be first notice day for the December contract. So when you, when you set a basis contract, you put yourself on the clock. You have to make a decision to sell those bushels basis the futures price prior to first notice day. And if you don't do that, you have a decision. Either I need to take the price that is available that day. And in, in this instance, the market sold off into that day. Uh, or you need to roll to the next contract. Um, now, unfortunately, in a bear market, you also have a different structure in the market, which is typically you have a carry. In a bull market, it's not uncommon to have an inverse where the nearby future contract is trading higher than the deferred contracts. In a bear market, you have a carry, right? So the nearby contract mm -hmm. is trading at a discount to the deferreds. So what happens when you have a basis contract and you don't price it, you get to, to first notice day, if you decide to roll it to March in this example, well, there was 26 cents of carry from Dees to March that day. So if you waited to the last minute, and let's say you had a basis locked in at 10 under on the December contract. Well, if you wait to the last minute and you roll it to March, now you've got a 26 cent spread. Now you're at 36 under March. And if we don't get a rally that you sell and lock in the futures price off of March, you're going to go through that same exercise all over again, <laughs> come delivery time for March. And there will be producers that will do this all the way out to July and say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to wait for the summer rally to sell my crop. And you can very quickly go from 10 under December to 60 under the July contract just by rolling these basis contracts. Uh, not to mention we're in a bear market now with higher interest rates. So we're not seeing the interest rates that we saw in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, right in that period. Um, so now you could have sold grain out of the field stop the interest payments on that amount of your money. You could have potentially put that money in a CD or a money market account and started earning interest on it, but now you're digging yourself in a deeper hole. So there's other challenges to a bear market besides prices going lower. So how do you see that from a, from a soybean perspective then? Well, soybeans um, have changed their market structure a little bit. Uh, I think that's uh, because of the demand that we're seeing right now on the export okay. front. So we did have quite a bit of carry on from the November contract to the January contract in that first notice period. But um, when you look at the spread between January and March, several weeks ago, we were at maybe 21 cents of carry, where today we traded as, as narrow as a penny and three quarters of carry. So January has gained about 20 cents on the March contract. Uh, that would suggest that demand is good right now um, and that... Uh, if you do have a basis contract that is priced on the January, uh, you want to be paying very close attention to that January, March spread. If you're not at a point where you want to make your future sale, I personally believe that at some point in January, February, March timeframe, we're going to be taking a really close look at the Brazilian crop as we get actual yield reports. We know there's been, I think, a tremendous amount of damage to the crop in Mato Grosso and Goiás. Uh, those two states combined produce roughly 40% of the country's production. So there's a potential for us to be 150 million tons, 145 million tons, who knows. Uh, but this short-term rain event will help improve the crop a little bit, but we're going to go right back to being hot after that. So I think there's going to be a period in January, February, where we realize, hey, 
the crop is smaller than what we were pricing in. I do think we'll get a bean rally. So if you are in a basis contract off of January, as January approaches the March futures price, uh, maybe it's not a bad time to roll that ahead of time if you have the ability to do that. Uh, if you're still looking for futures to get back up to $14 plus based on the uh, South American weather scare over the next couple months. And you talked about the January beans saw some options expiring as well for a Friday afternoon. We did. So we had January beans expire uh, or options expire today. Um, the November contract was at 1297 and a quarter for the settlement the day that the November options expired. And so it's kind of fascinating that we've dealt with all of this South American weather concerns and yet January on its option expiration day today is 12.99 and three quarters. So you got a two and a half cent difference, uh, which doesn't seem like very much considering all the concerns that we have about South America. And that's part of the reason why I think we're coming back down to some value and we're gonna see another upswing in, in soybean values in early 2024. Well, definitely some interesting uh, times for marketing, whether you're looking at grain or livestock. As we look to the new year, which is just you know a week plus away, Kind of what are your thoughts? What are some things on the top of the list that producers need to be keeping an eye out for? Well, Susan, one of the things that we've talked about numerous times uh, in 2023 was the comparison uh, of corn values to 2013 as an analog year. Mm -hmm. uh, behaved very, very similarly all year long uh, up to recently where, uh, as we discussed, December sold off into first notice day as we did in 2013. Uh, then we made lows right at the end of November, early December. We got a decent rally for a few sessions, rolled over again into mid to late month. Um, and so one of the key things I'm going to be looking for as we get into January is if that relationship does continue, that would suggest that corn on the old crop uh, time frame should make its low on the January report or around the January report. So if the old crop corn market sells off and starts making new contract lows into that report uh, in the morning of the report. I'm going to be a buyer of it in one way, shape or form, uh, testing the waters to see if we can see that big reversal to finish higher uh, the day of the report. If we do that, um, then I think we're going to continue to, to trade in a similar pattern and uh, that'll give us some, some marketing opportunity into maybe late in the third quarter, or I'm sorry, late in the, the third month of the first quarter, to early in the second quarter. So thinking maybe that March, uh, April, May timeframe, somewhere in there. Um, on, the, uh, on the soybean side of things, I think I've already alluded to the idea that I think we ha have a, another rally coming in beans. Um, interestingly, beans weren't really tracking 2013 up until about August. And then in late August, it really traded very much like 2013 to the point where if you look at your high made, in the month of August this year on November beans, it was 1409 and a half. Um, if I just asked you, Susan, to guess a price for the August high in 2013, what would you say? Oh boy. You got me stumped at the moment. 1409 and a half. 1409 Same exact price. I was and by the way, 13. those two highs were made one day apart on the calendar. One was August 27th, one was August 28th. Interesting. Uh, then what do we do? We break into October both years. This year we make a low of uh, 1250 and three quarters. In 2013, it was 1255 and then we bounce. So we're in that same pattern as 2013 for the soybeans. 
Um, now, I don't recall what the reason was in 2014, but we made a low in January in, in the March bean contract of 1260. And by early March, we traded to 1460. So there's an exactly $2 rally in the March futures. And uh, I think when I, when I think about what's going on in Brazil right now and the timing of when we're going to start actually getting yield reports for not just early planted beans, but the bulk of the crop, uh, I could see us repeating something similar as we start getting into the fields and say, hey, this crop really did take a big hit and we need to start rationing some of the U.S. bean values. Because remember, we are extremely tight domestically. Well, we talked a lot of great stuff. We've run out of time. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, easiest way, check us out online, www.agmarket.net. Uh, you can uh, call the general line 844-4-AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. Uh, or you can reach me directly at 815-665-0463. All right, Brian Split's been joining us. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.